Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Serie A Show. And Chloe and Nima, we're, I'm just going to jump right into it because I know Nima is just <laughs> giddy to discuss this. But holy shit, this relegation battle is sensational. I've been telling you for weeks now, this is the best relegation battle that I can remember for at least a decade. I mean, it's crazy. It, and it's and it's kind of, you know, the quality is really high as, up as well. I mean, think about it. Genoa have 36 points, uh, Empoli have 37, and they could both still be relegated. I mean, that is, that's that's quite a lot of points. Hold on, hold on. I, uh, I think it was great until the moment that Fiorentina could still be mathematically <laughs> relegated on the last day of the season. Now I'm not so enthusiastic. I understand that. That is just insane. I mean, what the hell is Fiorentina doing there? But, but to be honest, I, I, I don't think that, you know, the, I think you, you guys have got a better... Uh, um, head to head with Udinese, who so I think you know I, I think you'll make it, but just the fact that Fiorentina are mentioned in the relegation battle is is insane. It is absolutely insane, and it's a testament to what we've spoken on this show about the incompetence of the Delavalle yeah. brothers. Um, it's, it's just sad. It's so sad. Now, now, Chloe, we have to talk about Genoa. Well, first off, I just want to say because I don't do it often on here, but I was right. Empoli absolutely smacking uh, Torino, mm. which no, nobody saw coming. Crazy. No, no. Um, I did not was, even do that. I did yeah, not nobody saw that coming. That. Uh, even Katsari was speechless at the, uh, <laughs> at the end of that match. Um, but can, can, can we talk about Genoa for a minute? Because yeah. I'm sure we all remember um, in the early part of his arrival... Prandelli did very, very good. I mean, we spoke about it at length, yeah. actually, on this podcast, and we were pretty uh, – we had a lot of praise for him. I, sure. I'm shocked that they have just fallen like this. I mean, if you look at the quality they have, in my opinion, uh, compared to Empoli, I, I don't think it's even a, a fair comparison, especially in attack. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I shocked. I'm shocked. I, I was thinking about this the other day, and – if you think about it, that Genoa are in a similar position to Fiorentina in the way that um, Dionu is always trying to sell and he's messing about and making these statements left, right and centre. And they're, they're two clubs that face each other on the last day of the season. Both could get relegated. Well, not both, but one or the other could get relegated. Um, and they they both owned by clowns, basically. And, and I think sometimes that that rot spreads throughout the club and you know I, I I don't I think like you say Prandelli did quite well when he came in and you know since then they've dropped and I think sometimes it's the atmosphere around the club that that is is harmful and, and it's not necessarily what's going on with the coach no I agree and I'm so surprised at that because Prandelli I think has done an excellent job and I really thought that he they were safe and I thought to me they they were they were the one of those teams that were you know 10, 11, 12 at some point, and I expect them then to stay there. But since then, they've just sunk like a like a stone, like a lead balloon, and and it's um, it's so surprising, really, really surprising. But but having said that, I do think that Genoa and Fiorentina will draw, and given that Genoa and Empoli, uh, Genoa have beaten Empoli in both of their matches this season, 
um, you know, if Inter can manage to beat Empoli, uh, then then Empoli will be relegated, which is again insane. Thirty-seven points, and they get relegated on head-to-heads with Genoa. I'm just shocked because, frankly, I think that the quality Genoa have is just yeah. not even remotely comparable to Empoli. I mean, Nima uh, Radu, the goalkeeper at Genoa, yeah, yeah. I mean, that one is. of the most talked about, one of the most sought-after prospects in all of Serie A. He's been very, very good this season. Uh, they've got Kwame, who, again, everybody, every bigger club in Serie A wants him. Sanabria, an attack who they brought in in January, who's done relatively well. I'm just shocked that, as Chloe, you you just mentioned, I, I mean, this doesn't even feel like a, 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 a matter of quality. This just feels like the environment being so, so low that the team almost gets dragged down with it. Mm, agreed, agreed. And, I mean, think about it, that you have Piontek there that scored God knows how many goals for them as well in the beginning of the season. And, and they have Veloso, who I who is a player I, I really, really admire. But then again, you know, at the end of the day, they they also have La Padula. You know, it's there is there is a, there is a drop off here. You know, you, you Sanabria, yes, good player. Um, I, I think they were, you know, in all honesty, I think when Heliamark was it was really important for them, the Swedish international. He was really, you know, he he really really played well. Uh, there before he got injured and then he got injured for the rest of the season and then Piontek got was disappeared uh, in in the same same period of time and and they didn't really you know they didn't really replace him and and then it seems as if the, everyone just switched off and the danger with that is when you switch off it's not that easy to to switch on again um, I, I I really really hope that Genoa don't get relegated because the Serie A needs a derby della lanterna. It is an absolutely fantastic occasion uh, where where and and I and I think it'd be horrible to see to see uh, Genoa you know to to to, to see Serie A lose that because I think it would be it would be unfair. And as you said, uh, Empoli or you know Genoa are a better team um, than 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 uh, than Empoli. So it depends on Inter. If Inter can, if 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 you know, if, if these players can can one more time uh, just rally around, at least, if not Spalletti, then at least you know show some pride and uh, and palle, as they say in Italy, and, and and actually try and try and get themselves into the Champions League after the pathetic performance against Napoli, where they just basically showed that they don't care. Well, Nima, if if Inter don't beat Empoli, then I'm holding you and Spalletti personally responsible. That's all <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you ever wanted to take Inter as a club, as a microcosm of of what being an Inter fan is, and the madness, the the emotional roller coaster ride that is being Inter. This past week is is the perfect microcosm, an example example of that microcosm. You have Skriniar, they extend his contract. He comes out and says that he sacked his agent because his agent wanted to move him. So he took a lawyer, uh, took help from a lawyer to just, you know, get the, to to help him out with the legal details. But he negotiated himself with the club because he wanted to stay. Day after Inter, you know, the UEFA reveals that Inter have successfully uh, complied with the with the with with everything written in the in the settlement agreement uh, due to the violations of financial fair play, and that they're going to exit the settlement agreement. Everything's fantastic, right? Everything's rosy. We're you know everyone's positive. You know, yes, let's do this. Wrong. 
Day after, João Mario gets sent home like a naughty school child by Luciano Spalletti because he didn't show the right attitude because apparently that's how, that's how you get players to fight for you, by arguing with every single player in the squad. So he sent him home like a naughty school child. And, and the reaction, and, 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 every, and you saw the reaction against Napoli on Sunday night where Inter basically, you know, mentally they weren't there. They, they really weren't. And then they got completely clobbered and hammered by Napoli, who had nothing to play for. I mean, it, it, it literally is heaven and hell with Inter within the next, you know, 24 hours. Like, a, you know, like I said in the beginning of this, when we started doing this podcast, you know, you have, you have human years, you have dog years, and then you have Inter years. You know, like one, one Inter year is, is, is 15, you know, 15,000 human years. Just in 24 hours, they can, it can happen so many things at this madhouse of a club that, you know, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen against Empoli. I, I honestly don't. Before I go on to praising, once again, Mihailovic and Bologna for getting a good result at Lazio, we have to talk about them winning the Coppa Italia. What did you guys make of that match? Um, the controversy in the beginning, and then we saw Lazio really just take charge in the second half. But what did you guys make of that performance? Um, for me, I thought over 90 minutes they were certainly the better team. Um but I think in that beginning part where Atalanta came very, very close, they hit the woodwork, um, I, I, I could easily see where you could make the case that Atalanta had at least an argument where that penalty really changed things. Mm. Yeah, I, no, I, I think they were unlucky. I think um, in, in, certainly in those two incidents in the, the penalty that wasn't given and um, hitting the post. Um, but Overall, I think you have to say that even though nobody gave them a chance, that Inzaghi got his tactics right. He he used those ten days in the gap between uh, when they lost three one to Atalanta in the league uh, to work on a strategy to stop them, and he did that. And Atalanta just didn't look like their usual selves, and um, that's that's huge credit to him and, and huge credit to his players that they they managed to pull it off. And, you know, it, it's, it doesn't exactly do you any harm when you've got Milinkovic Savic to come off the bench, um, you know, and score and break the deadlock, basically. To me, this was, uh, this was uh, the uh, exam. This was Simone Inzaghi's exam to show that he, he could handle uh, playing in cup games and, and winning a cup, cup title against a team that maybe tactically or sorry, that technically is more gifted than, than he is, uh, than his team is, uh, that that the, that he has the that he that he has the ability to instill the discipline and patience required, in 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 a very classical Italian way, in a, in a Juventus way almost, the way that Juventus would want to play, which they haven't been able to under Allegri in the Champions League. Um, so to me, this was his exam. Uh, this was his uh, this was his last exam to see uh, for if, if he if he could his audition for the Juve job, and he passed it with absolutely flying colours. <clears throat> uh, sure, they were under pressure, they were a little bit unlucky, but they were never really shaking. Um, and 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 the defence again, gotta say, I my criticism to Inzaghi has been that I'd, I've I've had my questions whether he can organise the defence. Atalanta have one of the best attacks in the Serie A and have had it for, for three, four seasons. And he completely, you know, he managed to, to nullify them and he managed to completely neutralize them. And 
you know, and, and, and to counterattack in an intelligent way. Uh, no, for me, this was, this was uh, you know, Inzaghi at, at, you know, at Lazio has been, has really showed that he is really good enough uh, to, to be at, uh, to deserve a chance at Juventus. And I think that he is, he's the one, he's the one that will take over there. For me, he fits the, he fits the bill of a Juventus coach uh, perfectly. You know, he's pragmatic. He, he, he's, he's not, he's, he's a name, but he's not a super big name the same way Lippi, Trapattoni, uh, Conte, etc. weren't big names when they took over. To be perfectly honest with you, Allegri, out of all of those, was the most successful one at the time when he took over Juve. Um, he, he had won stuff uh, before taking over Juve. Inzaghi, you know, he, he, he fits the bill in so many ways. And he's also very tactically pragmatic. Um, he's very he's very flexible and he, he can adapt with, with what, what they have. And, and I think above all, I think his move to Juventus facilitates a transfer for Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, which I think is Juve's number one uh, number one um, goal because their midfield needs 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 to be re, you know needs to be rebuilt or at least they need to start rebuilding it. Uh, and I think Milinkovic-Savic would be would be perfect in, in that role. Um, and unfortunately, because that's one of my favorite players, and I would love to have him at Inter. So, Chloe, what did you make, then, of Allegri officially leaving Juve? And then, as Nima mentioned, we have Inzaghi along with Maurizio Sarri as the two, as of now it looks like, at least the two front runners for that position. So what what do you make of that? Good fits, bad fits? Um, for me, I I don't know how Sarri would, would fit at Juve, Uh Certainly, Inzaghi makes sense, uh, but I don't really see it with Sarri. I mean, I certainly see Sarri fitting in better at a place like Roma, but maybe you disagree. I think um, Sarri would, is just not a Juve manager. I just, you know, they're so... Um, they're so... I was watching the press conference with um, Allegri and Agnelli, and... Um, and Yelly was ex- the reporters were asking him things about who the next coach would be, and obviously he was refusing to answer. But he was explaining. He was like, "Once again, I'm going to explain to you that Juve are a business. Um, I I am at the top, and I don't have you know I don't oversee what's going on day to day. You'd have to speak to Paratici about that. And you know, Juve are run just like a business. And Maurizio Sarri is like a PR nightmare in that respect." <laughs> like you, you know you wouldn't see somebody like him being hired at the world's biggest companies because he just says it like it it is and 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 I like that about him but I just don't think that's very Juve to me um I think they want you know somebody who can manage the press and be charismatic like Pep Guardiola would be you know that would be perfect for them but Maurizio Sarri no I, I just I just can't see it um, I, and I, I see what you're saying about Inzaghi and about, you know, uh, in the past they, they've gone for those kind of coaches. But I think with the, the very clear aim of winning the Champions League, surely Inzaghi hasn't got the experience to do that. Um, yes, he might come in and he might win the league with Juve, but I can't see him coming in and winning the Champions League straight off while they've still got Ronaldo before his career ends. You know, I, I think... I think surely they'll be looking at somebody with a bit more European experience. 
but the thing is though that I, I was thinking you're absolutely right that that would be the logical choice but Juve Juve operate differently um, and and they always have I mean Lippi when he when he took over um, he hadn't won anything and they won the Champions League Trapattoni won everything and he hadn't won anything when he took over uh, Conte same thing there um, so um, I, I think um, I, I understand what you're saying but at the same time a, you know Pochettino I think would be a I definitely can see that in that case. But then again, he doesn't strike me as a Juve kind of manager at all. Um, to, to me, it, 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 it just seems like, okay, if you want to win the Champions League, um, you know, Juve, Juve are a club that very seldom makes mistakes. And when they do mistakes, they quickly learn from them. I think that is the difference between them and other sides, other clubs in Italy. I think they've, they, they realised that putting all your eggs in one basket was a mistake, uh, the way they did this season with, with Allegri. And, and I think that they maybe want to have a different approach and look at the Champions League. Yes, we want to win it because we've won it, but we have to look at it from a broader perspective kind of thing. And I think that putting that pressure, no matter who the new coach is, I don't think they will demand a Champions League title in that person's first year. Um, so, so I think, sure, Pochett- for me, it's Pochettino or, or Inzaghi. Those, those, are the, those, are the, those are my favorites for that position. Um, I'd be very surprised if it, if it was uh, Pochettino, though. I would be shocked if it was Sarri because, Chloe, as you mentioned, I mean, Juve, you know, you think of the nice, nicely tailored suits, everything is a business. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, you got Sarri uh, wearing trainers and uh, smoking a pack of reds. And, <laughs> and when, he, when he arrived at uh, Juve's stadium, when that was that crunch match for the title between Juve and Napoli on the coach, he's videoed sticking his two fingers up at Juve fans. I mean, come on, this is not the guy that is going to be there, in it, like John says, in his sharp suit. <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't buy, I, I don't, know. I don't buy the Sarri to Juve thing one bit because, sure, I mean, if you're going to bring in Sarri, then, then, then you're saying basically that you're going in a completely new direction. You're going to go with a philosophical manager. You're, you're giving up pretty much everything that Juve has always been, um, and, and you're going to go full on, uh, you know, Barca 2.0. Okay, and then you have to buy players accordingly as well. I just don't see Juventus doing that. And I don't see Sarri uh, putting himself in a position after the Chelsea nightmare where he actually has delivered and where he's being criticized despite not getting any other player except for Jorginho. So in my opinion, I, I, I just don't, I don't buy the Sarri rumors. I honestly don't. Uh, I think to me that is one of those classical Juventus tactic moves where they plant stories in the media to divert them from... Uh, to, to give them an advantage in other negotiations. I, I just do not buy the Sarri rumor for one second. One second. Okay, so w- we obviously have to discuss then, Allegri, where do we think he goes? Where do we think would be a good fit? Obviously, there's a limited number of uh, openings right now. Milan, Roma, certainly will bring in new managers in the summer. We don't know maybe a club like uh, PSG, what they may do. Uh, who knows? E- even uh, Barcelona, Bayern. That's what I was going to say. There's a That's lot of big say. clubs who it feels like they're going to make a change, but the season is still going on. They haven't made a change. So where do we think Allegri could go? Um, to me, it would feel like a step down for him 
to take charge at Roma, to take charge at Milan. I sort of feel like he's ready for the next step. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see Allegri working in Italy for 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 the for for for, for a long time. Um, I I think he he will, he will go to the Premier League or he will go to to PSG if because Tuchel has been a you know it's been a complete disaster there this season. The the, the 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 that project seems to have completely capsized almost. So I think Allegri is the kind of guy you bring in when he doesn't really require that much investment and also he's he's a he's a very pragmatic guy and he knows football and he can get players to work work in his system and he's used to working with big players you know Cristiano Ronaldo and him get on really really well they get on a storm so no I I I think for me it's it's PSG or Bayern Munich uh if 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 Bayern want to build um you know because now with you know Robin and Ribery leaving um, so I, I, I'd, I'd say that PSG is my is where my money is. If not, I think he'll be he'll be taking a sabbatical uh, to 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 kind of plan his next step. Um, but if we're dreaming, I've I've been saying this for a long time now, for five six years now, that I want to see Maurizio Sarri take over Barcelona. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Like from a time, just from a footballing perspective, his football and his diagonals with that, with that playing material and that that tr- football tradition would be incredibly interesting. Chloe, thoughts? I think Allegri can pretty much go wherever he wants. Um, he, yeah, he's built up such a reputation. He's he's so smart, and you know. Um, like Nima says, his pragmatism is is really his his best quality. So, I think anywhere that wants to play sort of champagne football should probably steer clear. But if you if you want to build a winning side, then Allegri is definitely a man. Um, and I think you know the fact that he's kind of hit a bit of a glass ceiling at Juve and he's struggled a little bit this season. I, I don't think that will count against him in any way because um, you know. I think starting a fresh new project, he, I mean, he took Juve to the Champions League final in his first season there. That was just incredible, really. And and I think all the top clubs will be, will be looking at him. And uh, I know that he has said in the past that he would like to work in England. So if, if any gaps come up there, you know, I guess um, there will be Premier League interest too. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Nima, in the sense that it feels like now is the time for him to sort of uh, to sort of leave the nest, so to speak. Maybe take that next step because again, um, he's been linked to Roma in the past. In fact, he was very close to Roma in the past. I just feel like now, um, as much as I would love to see him at Roma, I don't know if he's going to be willing to take a club that is in transition when. He clearly has the the CV to take on a big, big job. And I, I agree with you, Nima. I, I, I think it, it has the sense that one of these big clubs will certainly be giving him a call because I do think he is ready. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, he got he's leaving Juve. Why in the world would a bigger would a bigger side be willing to take a chance on him? And, and it. For me, and again, you two may disagree, but it just feels like it was the end of a cycle. It had nothing to do yeah. with actual results. Yeah. It just felt yeah, like absolutely. this chapter was over. Five years, four doubles, two Champions League finals, and five straight Scudetti. 
I mean, it's the end of a cycle. What other coach, uh, you know, except for Ferguson and Wenger has stayed at a club for five years and was won continuously for five years and, and has brought them to, to you know... No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it, it's the end of a cycle. And, and, and I think the way that him and Ale, uh, Agnelli handled it was very, very elegant and very worthy of Juve. They handled it in... in the, what they would like to perceive as Los Stile Juve. I, I think it was very excellently handled. You know, the whole, you know, press conference when he left, they, they both kind of felt that it was time to move on. There was no hard feelings. They gave him a fantastic send-off, you know, all that stuff. So, no, I, I thought it was very elegant. And um, uh, uh, it, was ni- it was nice to see it end that way because as a coach, I think I, I really respect Allegri. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves all the credit he he has gotten, uh, and and I and I find the criticism against him somewhat um, unfair because he doesn't have that superstar personality that Conte or a Klopp or a Mourinho has, and I think that's that's kind of sad because the man is that when it comes to football uh, and, and coaching he he's top top draw. Yeah. So other than Allegri, I want to just before we get into Atalanta looking like they're they're going to go in the Champions League over Milan and Roma. I want to talk real quickly about Sarri. So we touched upon him briefly, but where do you think is the best fit for him? Uh, because it seems like a return to the Serie A is, is uh, almost the foregone conclusion at this point. But which which job or which vacancy do you think best fits him? Do, do you still think... Roma would be the best fit for him or do you think that maybe Milan would be a good opportunity for him because I again I I feel like for the type of environment I think Sarri at Roma makes so much sense it's almost (laughs) absurd at how much they were made for each other Uh, crazy environment meant for a crazy guy whereas Milan um uh, sort of more corporate in the sense uh, they're going to want results right away. I just don't know who would fit the bill for them. I, I don't know who's available that would, because again, I, I can't envision Allegri going back there. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, so who who do you guys think would be for for Roma for Milan? Do you think Sarri fits the bill for either of them? I think Sarri, tactically speaking, fits the bill for both clubs. Um, but as a person, um, no, it's Roma. He is a he, he. You know, he's a volatile character, and and these. You know, he he his the the, the piazza that is Milan is is way too too corporate and too calm for him to come in there with his you know, looking, you know, with his glasses above his eyeballs and, and smoke, chain smoking. And yeah, looking like the drunk uncle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, looking like the drunk uncle at the, at the at New Year's Eve that nobody wants to talk to and your mom comes along, please go talk to him. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's it's no, 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 no. I, I just don't, you know, I, I can't see that happening. But but if I were to, you know, if we're talking, as I said, if we were to dream, I mean, I, I would love to see Maurizio Sarri at Barcelona. I really would because... I mean, just think of their tiki-taka history and his diagonal and his movements. That would be that would be such a fantastic 
uh, match. And I think actually that his crankiness and his chain smoking and that kind of works at Barcelona. They they are, a, you know, if you look at their history, the coaches they've had with Cruyff, who used to sit smoking on the bench, you know, they it, it works. It, it just kind of works. He, he is an ideologue. And, and if there ever was a football club in the world that is a, you know, club of, club based on an ideology. It is Barcelona and Ajax. So I, I, I would, if I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've, I've got nothing to support this. I'm just dreaming here. If, if it were, you know, I would absolutely love to see Maurizio Sarri play his brand of football at Barcelona. I think he'd be I, uh, a good. I agree that he'd be a good fit at Roma. I think, in in the way he's handled himself in the last year at Chelsea, when. Um, Everybody's basically been against him. You know, they, the, the English press, you know, expected him to waltz in and play exactly the same football as he did um, at Napoli. And when he didn't, they just launched these all these really unfair attacks on him. And, you know, everybody seemed to be against him. Yet he still achieved so much there. And they're going to play in the Europa League final. And, uh, you know in spite of all the noise around him, he's focused on the job and, um, you know, he's he's done really well. So um, Roma have obviously had um, a lot of ups and downs this season and, well, maybe more downs than ups and lots of stuff going on. And, and Sari is a character who will just focus on the football. He doesn't even really get involved with transfers that much. He, he just focuses on his work and, and, and that's what Roma need, you know, because you see you see how Di Francesco looked at the end um of his time there and he was just he just looked ill through all the stress of what was being said and what was going on and, and Sari can zone all that out. He just doesn't care. So I think that's why he, he would work there. But I think the only issue there is if Petraki and uh, Sarri would work together, uh, if their personalities wouldn't clash. And I think that is why Roma are looking at a, someone like Gasperini, because Gasperini is a much more easier character to control uh, than you know for for Palotta than Sarri is. And I think with with Petraki coming in and he needs he needs to find his feet. Um, I think that would be um, I think that that would you know that that's why that rumor won't die. I think they're they're really thinking about it in Roma. Um, you know because it's a very important this this appointment is incredibly important. This could you know whoever takes over Roma needs to get it right. And that is you know from from Petraki to, to whoever the coach is, the, the Roma can't afford another season like the one they've had. Um, and, and, and they need to get it right. So I think that's why Palotta is, is kind of, you know, not answering any questions about this. And is, you know, I think they're really thinking hard because the next rollout of the administration that he wants to go with, they just have to get it right. There, there's no room for errors. And then, you know, so you have to weigh a couple of things. Do you take characters that... If they like each other, they can get on a storm and it will be a huge success. Or are you willing to risk that as opposed to taking the safe card and, and bringing in Gasperini and Petracchi, which you know will, won't have that much friction? Um, you know, but then again, Gasperini, he's never really, can he do it at a big club? You know, it's, it's a lot of ifs and buts. But personally, if it were up to me, I, I'd, I'd bring in Sarri. I'd, I'd make it, you know, the, the players that Roma have, they can play Sarri football without too much uh, adapting. They just need to bring in Jorginho. Jorginho and Sarri, the rest is, is kind of almost there, if you know what I mean. So um, 
just a minor tweaks. Uh, I think it would be cheaper for Roma to bring in Jorginho and Sarri than it would perhaps to to bring in Gasperini uh, at a two who costs probably less than Sarri. But then you have to remake the entire squad to play a three four three. Palotta not answering questions. That doesn't sound like him. Um, <laughs> all right, each of you give me a name for Milan because it seems like Atuzo is on his way out. This one is the, uh, really the head scratcher for me because again, as I said, Sarri makes too much sense for Roma. Whereas Milan, I, I don't even know which way you go. I, I, I don't know who you tab it, to replace Yeah, Gattuso. it's a tricky one, really. I mean, I think Honestly, what we were saying I, about I um, about Sarri and maybe not working there, uh, I think, Nima, you said about them being corporate. And um, I think the way they're, after all the chaos of um, the post-Berlusconi times, I think they're trying to be more professional and more like Juve in the way that they approach that their business. And I think they'll want a coach, obviously, who who is does a good job, but I think they'll want somebody who um, speaks professionally and acts professionally uh, as well. Um, and it's kind of hard to come up with a name that would suit them down to the ground. I know, uh, Nima, you mentioned Conte before, but it doesn't look like there's any chance of him going to Milan. So, um. no, no, he's going to he's going to Inter, which I think is just a mistake. I, I honestly, you know, you know, and and this is not not my my reservations to Conte going to Inter have nothing to do with his background as a Juve coach because. Or, or as a bandiera of Juve, I, I don't care about that because it's a different. This is a different era. Um, my, my, you know, this isn't you know the 90s anymore. This is a completely different era. Conte is a mass super professional. He wants to win. Marotta knows him, uh, so so I don't have any issues with that. My problem is uh, with Conte is simply tactical. I I don't think that a three man defense. Uh, with Godin and Skriniar would work. And Milan Skriniar is the new flag bearer. He is the the player that Inter are going to build around. I don't think that he works in a three-man defense. And that could cause problems because this is a guy who, you know, if you're going to pick a, pick a conflict, Milan Skriniar is the last person you're going to pick a conflict with because he is literally adored by Everyone. I mean, Inter fans can't agree on the color of poo, but they can agree that Milan Skriniar is the best thing to happen. You know, it's the best player on that team. And if Conte comes in there and is playing a football that doesn't suit Skriniar, who I think is going to be the next captain of the club, you're going to have problems. And 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 Conte doesn't isn't known for. I mean, if 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 Spalletti is is not a master diplomat, then what can we say about Conte? Well, he doesn't get it his way. He doesn't care. He runs over people like a bulldozer. And and then you have another issue. You have an Icardi 2.0. Only this time you have it with Skriniar, who is who does not have Wanda as his wife, who does not behave like Icardi. You know that that again you're going to have a problem there. And so I'm I'm a bit worried about that. Other than that, I'm not worried because Conte is a winner. I mean he's a fantastic coach. Uh, he, he's he's got a fantastic you know uh, his track record speaks for itself. That's my only reservation. As for Milan, I think if Milan don't make it to the Champions League, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't continue with Gattuso because he's he's done a good job. I think from what you can expect of him, he has improved, and give him a full you know next another full uh, preseason and another transfer window. I think this Milan could really be a top four team next season. Um, 
a couple of hours ago before we started recording this, uh, Luca Mamblano, who apparently is the new oracle of all things City <laughs> A, uh, he, he mentioned that Inzaghi is actually close to <laughs> Milan. So we've discussed him potentially at Juve. Wow. But how much of a fit do you think that he would be at Milan? Again, um, Chloe, you mentioned in, uh, in a couple of other podcasts about his whining. Yeah. I don't know how that would really go over in Milan. I, I think he'd have to kind of cut that out a little bit. Um, but um, I think if you take away the excuse making and the moaning, I think um, he'd actually, you know, I think he'd be good there. I think um, he's proven himself, uh, like we said earlier, tactically and um he he's done well with quite limited resources at Lazio, so I think with you know so a, a good squad at Milan, he, he he could do a good job. I agree. I think Inzaghi at I think Inzaghi at AC Milan would would be would be a master stroke for Milan. Um, I I would I would I would I would be I would applaud it because that would be good for Milan and 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 they would they would they would be a top four team again, um, because I think he he would be his his personality suits. I mean, if if we're talking that Sarri's personality doesn't suit Juve or Milan, Inzaghi's suits Milan and Juve. He has he looks good in a suit. You know what I mean? Like he he can behave that <laughs> he can handle that kind of you know. Um, that has to be the prerequisite. Uh, yeah. you if you don't look good in a suit, no, I mean, no, no but you know, what I, you know what I mean. I mean, he, he doesn't sit there and looks angry at the world and uh, smokes a cigarette and growl. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, Paolo, no big job for you ever. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he, he looks I, rubbish in a suit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I think I think that would be an excellent fit for Milan. But I wonder. I mean, I didn't. I I, I don't follow. Uh, uh, what's his name uh, on Twitter? Maybe I should, but I I, I think that um, if 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 me if it's true that he, Milan have got Inzaghi, then kudos to Leonardo and Maldini for doing an excellent job, because I I really do believe, and I've said this on, on this podcast several times, that Simone Inzaghi is the next Italian super coach. Um, I think he's proven that. All right, so. Roma, Milan look like they are missing out on Champions League football. And Atalanta look like they are ready to punch their ticket after they drew with Juve at the weekend 1-1. So we've spoken about it before, but now it actually looks like it's going to become a reality. I've said it before, and I will continue to say it. Atalanta, despite what some may be saying, I don't think they are a waste of a Champions League place. Because if you're better than the other clubs who are shit... Uh, the reality is you deserve Champions League football. But, Chloe, are you worried about their uh, their ability to bring in some reinforcements? Because they did look extremely stretched in that Coppa Italia final. I think, and, and this is just my opinion, but I think their lack of depth became very, very apparent when they were asked to play beyond the Serie A. What what do you think about that? Do you are you worried about them bringing in reinforcements? And also, what if and this could become reality? I mean, what if Giampiero Gasparini does leave? Does that worry you as well? 
if I was an Atalanta fan, I would be absolutely terrified of him leaving because, I, in my opinion, there's nobody that could work as well at that club as Gasparini has. He He's just the the right man at the right time in the right place for that job. Um, uh, as as for the, the squad, I agree, John, that they looked very thin um, in that Coppa Italia final. But I think with the increased money from the Champions League that um, they've proven before, you know, when they lost uh, Kessier and Conti and players like that, they they did they've they've done okay. Um, and I know now they've kind of been stripped down to the to the bare bones of that very productive um, youth system that they've got. Um, but I think they they will um, they have a good structure in the club where they can reinvest the money into the team and buy the necessary reinforcements um whether they'll go far in the champions league i don't know um but i think i think that losing gasparini is is the biggest problem that they have if they if they do qualify for the champions league right. and i think they they won't have a problem attracting players because you know, who wouldn't want to play in the Champions League with a, a club that have such a good story like Atalanta? No, I agree. So, I think you're spot on. Well, real quick, Chloe, we've seen in recent, I, I within the last 48 hours here, Joseph Ilicic get linked to a yeah. potential move to Napoli. Yes. I mean, he's one of the guys who I think if they lose him, I mean, obviously, uh, losing Gasparini would be a big, big, big problem, but... To me, he's one of those quintessential Atalanta players that makes this team tick. And I think losing a name like him would be devastating. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, because he they he is a, a really huge talent. And, and before now, he's not really been able to express that because he does have this lazy streak in him. Um, that was prevalent at Palermo and Fiorentina. And I think if he if he goes to Napoli, it'll reappear again. Um, I, I think in that way they'd have to probably pay quite a lot of money for a player of his talent that performed consistently. Um, so yeah, it, it probably will be quite a blow. But I don't, I don't think it's something they can't get over. I think they they could find somebody that would work in that system in a similar way, if not exactly the same. But I think Napoli are making a huge mistake if they if they try and sign him, to be honest. I mean, for me, uh, losing Gasperini would be a disaster for Atalanta. Losing Ilicic, I don't think it would even bother them, simply because of the fact that if there's anything that this club, that Atalanta has shown us time and time and time again, is their ability to lose key players in key positions and bounce back. Also, they're a club that has a really good uh, relationship with other clubs, uh, with bigger clubs, in terms of being able to loan them. They have an excellent relationship with both Juventus and Inter and with Milan. They, 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 you see, I wouldn't, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Again, this is just me, you know, just giving an example. I don't have any evidence behind this. But it wouldn't surprise me, for example, if Juve are to sign a big-name player in attack this, this summer... Then, then why not? You know, then, then you uh, that Moise Keane would be end up being loaned out to Atalanta for a season to get Serie A experience and Champions League experience. It would be win-win for everyone involved. You know, they 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 are good at making those kinds of deals. So I don't think that Ilicic leaving them would would bother them that much. In fact, I think the most important thing they have to do is to is to keep Duvan Zapata. They that that's the big money signing that they should be doing because I think he. 
you know his strength uh, his physique his, his 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 ability in in the air his ability to keep the ball high up that is is a kind of player that you know they 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 they, they want to have they want to have that kind of player uh, under Gasperini they had it under Petania they weren't happy with him so they sold him they they have Zapata uh, and he's worked like a, he's worked brilliantly. So, so I think for me, the most important thing is to keep Gasperini, and to uh, redeem as Duvan Zapata. The rest, I think, they're a club that they're used to this situation. Um, and I think you know, given their good re- relationship with all other clubs, I think they could they could pull off some awesome loan deals as well. Uh, you know, just simple dry loan deals, uh, which I think would work. So, for them, I just I hope for them for their sake that they would stay, uh, that they would uh, that they will hang on to Gasparini. Hmm. And as for the Champions League, regardless of uh, Gasparini, regardless of who they may or may not sell or purchase, are we at least semi hopeful they can do something in the competition? Yeah, I think. Uh, they shown in the Europa League that this is not a team that I mean, G- 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 Atalanta under Gasparini play in one way. This is how they play, both in attack and in defense. And right now in Europe, if you look at it, the teams that are in the finals are identity teams. These are teams that play that that play one way, come hell hell or high water. So that kind of that brand of football is is is, is apparently the most successful right now. So I, I don't think that, that that would be a hindrance for them. Um, I, I think that they could do pretty well. Uh, third, you know, third, they should be able to pull off. Third spot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be quite, quite the story if they could actually make it to the knockouts. I think that would be just sensational work from them. But I do agree by both of you. If they were to lose Gasparini, I think that would be the bigger blow more so than losing any other player um, in Chloe. After having watched Ilicic as much as I'm sure you have, I just can't believe Napoli would be willing to take a punt on him. No. But don't you think, but don't you think that Ancelotti, if there ever was going to be a coach who can get the best out of a 30, 31-year-old with, with, who's had a history of attitude problem and laziness in the past, don't you think Ancelotti is like the ideal person to give that, you know, to, 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 to coach You know, that I did player? think that, Nima. I did, I did think, you know, well, maybe Ancelotti. But it, at this moment in time, it is a maybe. It is, well... Maybe Antelotti can get the best out of him and he's really well placed to do so, but we don't know. And the fact that Napoli will be willing to gamble that amount of money for a player who may or may not replicate his form at Atalanta is, is, is I'd be worried if I was a Napoli fan. Yeah, I mean, I I just, he's one of those players that, uh, man. When he is on his day, he is one of the most sensational to watch. But when he is off, he is abysmal. Yeah. Unwatchable. When it comes to pouting, he has one of the worst body languages in all of Serie A. Um, He just stops playing when he doesn't feel like it. He just, I've seen Mm, it so many times. And he just. (sighs) Yeah, just walking about the pitch when things aren't going his way. I, I agree. Um, so let's end this here. This can go. There's no criteria we set up for this. This is just spur of the moment. 
Who are you, if you could pick one or two of your most disappointing sides relative to expectations? So it can be someone who underperformed in the Champions League, someone who you thought would survive, but they're they're headed for relegation. Give me your one or two most disappointing sides of City out of the season. Chloe, you go first. Uh, well, I've got to say Fiorentina, haven't I? I knew you. Uh, how, how, wow. Okay. <laughs> I figured you would go uh, that route. I mean, there was quite a lot of expectation at the beginning of the season. Some some people even talked about a potential Champions League place, which seems absolutely ridiculous now. But, I mean, you know, uh, looking at it, they, they did have some really exciting attacking players and a lot of people thought that they would do the business this season. And, and they to, to say that they could potentially get relegated even going in the last game of the season is is just I mean they were I looked in week 24 they were eighth so the slide has just been unbelievable um and it's a symptom of what what has been going on at the club and the you know the dislike of the owners and what happened with Pioli and I think the players weren't particularly impressed that of how he was treated and I think they've just They've just the players have just fallen apart. So um, definitely Fiorentina. Um, well, I guess all, all our three sides, Inter and Roma, as well have. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like Roma, for me, the free fall. I mean, aside from Fiorentina, Roma's Roma's collapse has been has been it's it, it is a collapse. And and the same thing can be said about Inter. Uh, the since Christmas Day, when that audio of Raja Nangolan leaked, and the sheer absurd uh, date, you know, reality TV nonsense that has been coming out from Inter on a daily basis for six months now, has been has been has been cartoonish, um, and and it's. It, it, it's it's kind of you know yeah but I have, I I agree with Chloe it's it's all three sides it's it's the e Kardashians it's the Roma and it's the Fiorentina debacle it's 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 so so um, a couple of colleagues of mine at at, um, at Sempre Inter on our pod the Sempre Inter before the season Fulvio and Will they said that you know they were looking forward to this season that this is going to be the season where Inter stopped with the nonsense and we're going to be a stable club. And instead it turned out to be the, the most insane Inter season. Inter out-intered themselves uh, this season. So, no, I, I, but, but, and I think that, I, th- I think Inter are going to miss the Champions League. So I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with Roma, Fiorentina and Inter. Yeah, I, just to change it up a little bit. I mean, I, coming into this season, I mean, Genoa, again, in my opinion, they should be nowhere near the drop line, um, especially in attack. I, I just feel like the quality that they have is so much f- further above the rest of their counterparts that are fighting them for that relegation spot. I, I just I'm shocked that they're that low. Um, one of the I mean, we have to talk about and I, I brought them up earlier. Can we? I mean, we 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 discussed him on the last podcast, but we have to do it again. I am shocked at Bologna. I mean, could you imagine if Mihalovic was there the entire season? I, I'm just shocked at how much they have improved since he's arrived. Another fantastic result at the weekend, as they drew three three against Lazio at the Olimpico. I, I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. I know we're talking about disappointing sides, but I'm just so shocked 
by how good they've been since his arrival. I, I mean, it's yeah, he's he's just been he's been wonderful, and they they they've stayed up with a round to go now, um, and that that was unthinkable at the start of the season. And it's a bit of a, a damning indictment on the coaching abilities of Pippo Inzaghi that um, that he's, he's come in and you know and they've done so so well. I mean, obviously they they have since Mihailovic has come in, they've achieved a lot better than people expected. But um, there's such a vast difference in between the results uh, from before and the results since he's come in. Yeah, no, I agree. Agreed. And uh, I, I want to highlight Orsolini. Like, Orsolini's development under Mihailovic has been sensational. What a player. He's 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 going to be the one to watch next season. Yeah, he's been good. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, other than Genoa, Chloe, I'm sorry, but I think Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah. yeah not good. Um, I mean, they've <laughs> they've lost five in a row, or is it six now? Um, I, I'm trying not to be counting, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. we're not counting. I'm just assuming. Yeah, I think it's five. I think it's five they've lost in a row. And, and and to be honest, I cannot see them winning at the weekend. I just don't think they've got anything to give. I just I think they'll be relying on other results. I mean, certainly, I mean, you would assume that Montella stays in place. I, I mean, to me, it would be absurd to send him away after just bringing him back. But just real quickly here to end this, I mean, I feel like, as I said before on a previous podcast, I feel like they're sort of in a similar situation in a situation as Roma in the sense that they just need an overhaul. Like, just yeah. just set fire to the place, burn it down to the ground, and rebuild it. No? I mean, yeah. is that where you it- think Fiorentina are at at the moment? Yeah, um, I, I think <laughs> not set fire to the actual place because I like the stadium, but <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly send the team, you know, packing pretty much and start again. They're going to have to, and they're going to have to do a better job of it this time because um, they already started again two years ago, um, and and it's for various different reasons it's not worked. So yeah, they they're going to have to, I think, because. I don't see how anyone can lift this gloom with the current set of players that they've got. Would you finance said changes with the sale of Chiesa? Um, at this point in time, I think it's got so bad. I wouldn't have said yes in the past, but I think it's got so bad that I, I think I would say yes because I think... Um, they need a new team more than they need one player. And as much as I love him, you know, that's that's how it is. Well, Inter, Inter apparently want to want to send uh, Matteo Politano plus 30 million uh, and, and Caramo as well. They want to basically well, give all the, you, all the players that Inter don't want plus a little bit of cash. I would to, take Politano to... in a heartbeat. I really would. I mean, that's a decent amount of cash. You get a good player. And even if they weren't selling for any counterparts, if they were to just sell him for 50, 60 million euros, I mean, you can get three, four, however many quality players to actually rebuild this. I mean, if I were Fiorentina, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard because um, he's a player that you're kind of attached to and um, don't really want to see him leave. But at the moment, he's not the finished product. And um, 
we don't know how good he's going to be. So, uh, I mean, it's a gamble to cash in now because in the future it could be worth more. But equally, he if he doesn't turn out to be the player we think he's going to be, he might not be worth quite as much. So at this time when they need to rebuild, I think it makes sense, unfortunately. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I would finance a lot of the changes with him just because it, it's sort of like in the sense for Allegri, this just feels like the right time to move on. Um, yeah. So we will, uh, we're going to end it there as always. Thank you so much for listening. The final match day is next week, which is, this has been a very particular season, very odd, a lot of roller coasters for several clubs obviously a lot of talking points but it's never a dull moment so uh we will be back next week to discuss the final match day in city um so we will talk to you then as always thank you so so much for listening uh and until next time bye bye everybody